So one year, I let my sister talk me into going uh, shopping like at, I don't know, four or five o'clock or some crazy hour. It was cold, it was a lot of people, and I said, never again. <laughs> you know, we were all like pressing up against the door ready for them to open. And it was just sort of chaotic and I would have much rather had stayed in my bed. So I am not one of those folks that have to be out there first thing in the morning when the doors open. That's Michelle Singletary, personal finance columnist for The Post. And she's talking about that big American annual tradition, Black Friday. It's one of the biggest shopping days of the year, and it makes some people do crazy things. Yeah, there's some sort of thrill about that, right? Like the thrill of a deal. For some people, yeah. (laughs) But not not me. Obviously, that's not the case for a lot of people. Tens of millions of Americans will be shopping this weekend. But whether you're braving a mall or doing all your buying online, Michelle has a warning. Just because something is on sale doesn't mean it's a bargain. So, you know, they talk about how people get charged up because they want to get that discount. And it's almost like they're, you know, if you got a really good cup of coffee and you're just like, ah! And that's how they feel with the deal. But if you really know how this stuff works, you're really not getting a deal. So how does all of this stuff work? And how can we do our shopping without maxing out our credit cards and going crazy? From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Elahe Izadi. It's Wednesday, November 22nd. Today, we have a treat. The queen of personal finance is here to tell us how to navigate the holiday shopping season. Michelle gives very practical and, frankly, non-judgmental advice on how to buy through embracing your shopping style and getting creative in how you give. I have to confess, I sort of hate shopping, and I can't believe in a conversation about shopping, Michelle made me laugh so much. She kind of changed my mind, too. So, Michelle, we are in the holiday season, believe it or not. What are we seeing from consumers this year? How much are people actually expected to spend on retail shopping this this holiday season? Well, it's interesting because of inflation, people are still paying more at the grocery store, more for their rent. But the uh, National Retail Federation and other groups see that people are ready to spend hundreds of dollars total budget. Last holiday season, people spent $936 billion during the holiday season. And they expect that number to be about the same, if not more, this year. Hmm. And I do wonder what the term Black Friday means anymore, because it it feels like I've been seeing deals, holiday deals, Black Friday deals, when there were still Halloween decorations out. 
That's right. Well, traditionally back in the day, Black Friday meant that's the start of when the retailers would be in the black, meaning they are selling enough that they would end the year in the positive, meaning they make a lot of their money at the back end of the year. But now with sales and all kinds of things throughout the year and many shoppers starting way before Black Friday, um, it's not true anymore. They can make their money in August. They can make it before uh, Halloween. If you were shopping, you were noticing that there'd be a skeleton and a Santa right next to each other (laughs) because more and more shoppers want to shop earlier. More than one in four holiday shoppers are open to shopping earlier in the year, which is actually a good Mm. thing. And for young adults, about 48% of them say they would definitely shop earlier in the holiday season. Why is that? Why do people want to shop earlier? I think many people don't like the rush, the crowds as it gets closer to, say, Christmas or other holidays that people might be celebrating. And, you know, the ease of shopping now. I mean, you don't have to leave your home. You can shop online, um, get it delivered and send it back if it's not the right thing. And so because of that, um, there's more opportunity for you to shop and stores are starting their sales, quote unquote, <laughs> earlier in the year um, to get people <laughs> to to start to begin to shop. And I, I personally think that's a good thing because When you're stressed, when you're shopping at the last minute, you tend to overspend because you're not comparison shopping. You're like, oh my gosh, I got to get Aunt Bessie something. Hmm. And that something could be a $50 sweater. You're like, I just can't go to another store. The fatigue, that's how they get you. (laughs) That's how they get you. That's right. Michelle, are these deals actually deals? Should I feel that rush? Should I feel good that I'm, I'm, you know, getting something that says it's 60% off? I think most of the time it's not a real thing. It's a psychological thing. Um, some uh, consumer groups have looked at how the pricing is. And they found that the stores say it's a regular price and then it's discounted 50% off. But if you shop throughout mm-hmm. the year or months leading up to the sale, it's never at the regular price. And here's what I tell people. You never save when you spend. So people like, I save 50%. I save 75%. That's just nonsense. Saving means you put money in the bank. Savings means that you're putting money in your retirement account. But having said that, if you're watching an item and you have seen that perhaps it really is at a regular price through most of the year and during the holiday season, it may drop, then that's an opportunity for you to get that for less money. But stop saying that you're saving because you're not saving. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to have to like banish that from my vocabulary now that you've told me that you're just going to be ringing in my ear every time I say I've saved all this money. (laughs) That's right. Say I never save when I spend. And the reason why I say that is I'm not saying that people Mm. shouldn't be generous and give. This is the giving season. That's okay. But if you keep telling yourself, I save, I save, I save, and you're really not saving, you're just spending less money, all those bargains when you look at the total, can really add up and put a ding mm-hmm. in your budget. And some of that money could actually be going towards building your wealth. Mm-hmm. So that means saving for retirement, saving your kid's college fund, you know, maybe paying down some debt. So stop saying I right. saved. Just say, I spent less. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. In fact, you want to help people spend less. So you've recently talked about 
five different types of holiday shoppers. You've identified five different categories. So can you just break down what are those types and what should be their shopping strategies? I think there are five types of holiday shoppers. So one of is the overspender. So you set a budget, but you blow that budget by the first present that you buy. They set a budget, say, I'm only going to spend $300, and they spend $600. And a lot of that's because they just want to give. Mm-hmm. And then there's the twofer. This is the person who, when they go shopping, they buy one <laughs> something for somebody and something for them. Ooh, um, you know, that you see, fun. Yeah, right? <laughs> you buy a sweater for your sister, you're thinking, ooh, I like this sweater too, and then you buy one. In fact, Gallup did a survey and said that this holiday season, many people are going to be shopping for themselves as they shop for other people. Mm. Um, It's no problem treating yourself, but if you're busting your budget, you want to control that. And then there's the bargain hunter. They Mm -hmm. live for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, It's like the Super Bowl to them. They're the ones who would be willing to get up at 2 and 3 in the morning when the stores were doing that to stand (laughs) in line to snab that bargain. But if you've not really watched prices during the year, you may not actually be getting a bargain. And you could be losing sleep in the meantime as well. Mm -hmm. And what's more precious than that, right? That's right. (laughs) And then the last minute maven, this is a person who's the procrastinator. And that can mean that you make poor buying decisions because you're feeling rushed and you're standing in a long line and you're next to stuff that they want you to buy because a lot of the, the stores have items in the checkout line. And so you're just grabbing stuff. And next thing you know, you've overspent. And the last person is the early bird. Mm. These people, they're listening to this. They've already finished their holiday shopping. (laughs) They're like, what? You all are behind. What are you doing? (laughs) They're like, I don't know why y'all in that mess. My sister's like that. She, by by November 1, she's done. She's like, I'm done. I'm not going to be in the stores. And that actually is a good thing because it'll help you save money because If you're an early bird shopper, you probably have a budget. You've planned it out. You've bought your stuff throughout the year. When you're an early bird shopper, you can cash flow your spending so that, say, maybe you've got a little bit more money in June, so you do some of your shopping. But then July, things are a little tight, and in August, it's a little bit better. And so you end up not putting things on a credit card because you have watched your income coming in, and you know, okay, this month, I have a little bit extra so that I can Mm -hmm, buy gifts mm -hmm. for folks. And what about those? buy now, pay later opportunities. I see those online ads pop up often if I'm going to buy a shirt. They're like, oh, do you just want to pay for this in installments? Is that a bad idea? I think you need to be extremely careful with that, you know, uh, buy now, pay later. Because a lot of those items are things, if you have to take four payments to buy a sweater, or even a TV, that says to me that you've got some financial issues going on. Um, and so you need to be really careful. Now, if you're expecting a bonus check or something like that, and you're like, you know, it's going to come in, then maybe okay. But please be very careful about that because, again, if you need to stretch out the payments, that's a sign for you to look at your budget and see if you really can afford to buy whatever for those four or five extra payments. Mm. You know, I wrote a column about 
girl math. And it's kind of <laughs> like girl like, dinner, that the whole thing. <laughs> exactly right. And I know a lot of people get, you know, a little mad about that because, oh, that's sexist. You know, boys aren't necessarily great with math either. And it is true. But I, I, I think it's kind of a fun way for people to say, listen, I do these calculations in my head and it makes no sense. <laughs> Um, like, you know, if I buy something, take it back to the store and get, um, you know, a refund, but I buy something less then somehow I've made out, you know? But it's like you and said, you don't save when you spend. That's exactly right. <laughs> so you got to be careful of that girl and boy math that makes you feel like you're saving when you're really not, or that you figured a way around your money mm. management when you really haven't. It's the things that we tell ourselves, um, to make, make ourselves feel better when we know we really are overspending. After the break, Michelle reveals which kind of shopper she is. And we talk about gift alternatives that won't bust your budget. We'll be right back. So, Michelle, what kind of holiday shopper are you now that you've identified <laughs> these five categories? You know, that's so interesting. I think I'm going to be, I'm going to confess, I'm probably a last minute shopper. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> but mostly because I hate shopping. <laughs> so I put it off to the last minute. Uh, but I have a budget. I have a list. And I go through it and I calculate it and I make sure that I stay within the budget. Um, even my husband and I, we don't really have a lot of surprises with each other. So we'll say, okay, you could spend this amount of money because I don't like him to spend a lot of money on me. And so if he gave me like a tennis bracelet or something, he's going to get a fussing. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? You spent what on me? Yeah. But I unfortunately am kind of out there with the crowds because I try to wait to the last minute. Oh. Because I just, you know, I don't like all the commotion. Yeah. I love the stores. They're pretty and, you know, all the, yeah. the holiday decorations. But I just hate spending. I I, I love saving. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll see you in line at 4 a.m. Yeah. Hi, I'm jumping in with a little holiday magic content warning here. Michelle and I are about to discuss Santa Claus. So if you have young ears listening, you may want to fast forward about three minutes. Michelle, let's talk about alternative ways to give because buying all this stuff can really add up. So can we go through people by age? Like how, what kind of gifts would you suggest as alternative gifts for kids? I love that. I love that. When you do your list, you want to put it in like, you know, sections. And mm. so I say like children. So my thing is if they're three or under, you don't really have to buy them anything because all <laughs> they want to do is open up the box and mm -hmm. see something. And so this is what I used to do with my own children. I would go through the house, go through their closets, and go through their toy box. Because if you're a parent, kids have a toy box. The top layer are the toys that they play with. But underneath, they're toys that they haven't seen in months and months and months. I would take the top layer off, dig down, find toys, wrap them up, and put them on the tree. Oh, my the gosh. I that's sure did. genius. <laughs> 
Or during the year, if they went to a birthday party or they had a birthday party and people gave them gifts and it was too much, right? But you, is there opening? Right. And you could tell which ones they really liked. And so I would take some of those. I know, don't judge, don't judge. I would put them in the closet and around Christmas time, take them out, rewrap them, put on a tree. They all know the difference. You know? I mean, I'm not judging. I'm taking notes. This is genius. It's so clever, right? <laughs> And they don't remember their three. <laughs> yeah, and if it's Christmas, they think it's Santa, not even you. They don't even realize it's you. <laughs> now, you can only do that up to the point where they start to notice. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk Let's talk about when, when kids do start to notice, especially giving gifts to the teens and young adults That's in right. your life. So what you can do... Once they realize there's no Santa, then you can just be practical about it. And so what we told our kids is once they realize, man, that was the okie doke. So we said, okay, give us the list. And you could put anything on your list. And so they'd bring a two-page list. And my husband would look at the list and we just start laughing. You know, it's just like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> and so we go through the list and we go, nope, nope. Are you out of your mind? Nope. You're not getting a drone? Nope. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so then we go back through it and say, okay, these are some things that we might consider. So they have to redo their list and then they bring the list and then we buy some things from the list that fits within our budget. Because a couple of things you'll be teaching them that it's okay to want for stuff. So that's why we don't limit the list at the beginning. And then it's important to know that you have to live within your means. And so as we're going through the list, we're going, are you insane? I'm not buying you. Like one year, my kid <laughs> wanted a North Face jacket, very expensive jacket. So I said to her, well, can I face you North and get you a jacket from Target? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm coming to your house I know, for Christmas. Right? She wasn't amused, <laughs> but nonetheless, I had a laugh. You approach it yeah. that way. Now, the kids are probably look at you a little funky, but you're teaching them some lessons about choices. And sometimes you get some things you want and sometimes you don't get you what you want. Now, when it comes to family, mm -hmm. if you've got a large extended family like we do, we started to do a Secret Santa. We started to select, do a gift exchange, if you will. So all of the adults, we're actually about to do this for, for Thanksgiving. We come together, we draw names, and only you only have to get one gift. And that is such a relief. And we set a dollar limit. Mm. So you can't go over this dollar limit. And we actually use an app to, to randomly pick names. And then it's so much fun because then you get to try to guess when you open your gift who gave it to you. Mm. And, you know, that creates all kinds of laughter because, you know, they always think I'm the cheapest one. <laughs> so they, everybody thinks. <laughs> well, they're like, she bought me exactly, a jacket right? <laughs> and told me in the car to face north. This is right, Michelle's exactly. <laughs> so that creates a conversation. Um, and when it comes yeah. to your friend group, if you're all struggling, like you're in your early 20s, or maybe you've got some credit card debt, or maybe student loan debt, you say to your friends, like, hey, I really can't do this this year. I'm trying to get my finances together. Can we have a no-gift holiday? Or can we do a gift exchange? Or let's spend more quality time with each other. And when we come together, everybody's cell phone goes in a basket and we just be with each other. If your grandparents, how about on your phone, record reading your grandkids' favorite children's book and then the parents can play it to them during bedtime. How about, and I know this sounds so old-fashioned, writing a letter 
to someone who you care about, about all the things that they've done or how they impacted your life. Can you imagine opening that year after year or later? Um, maybe you've separated, you moved away. Um, I treasure the letters that my husband wrote to me when we were dating and he don't write no letters now. We've been married 32 years. So, you know? <laughs> but I go back and read the letters he's given me to me mm. on the holidays. We have this thing where we give cards, we write a note in the card, and I keep them all, and I mm-hmm. go back and read them. And here's a tip. Sometimes the person doesn't remember you gave them a card, so I'll go back through the stack oh and give them an old card. Sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, what I love about all of these ideas is it kind of takes you away, one, from the frenzy and all the stress and expectation of spending a lot of money um, and puts the focus back on what the essence of this whole period of time is supposed to be, which is about showing people that you really care about them and love them. And, you know, people talk about the different love languages. One of them for some people is gift giving. And personally for me, gift giving is so hard for me that I don't know what to get for people. But if I just have one person I'm thinking about, it allows me maybe to meditate and spend more time thinking about what would be very thoughtful for that person. That's exactly right. And I I really want the message to be clear that there are people whose love language is giving, gift giving. My son is like that. I am not, if you can imagine. And (laughs) I used to discourage him like, oh, you don't have to give me anything. Don't worry about it. And I could just see him so dejected because Mm -hmm. that's his love language. And so I will give him things that are within his budget that he could buy me, like, you know, a little pair of earrings or something like that. If you have someone in your life that that is their love language, you want to speak their language. But you know what? Inexpensive can still be thoughtful. But I do want people to think about What's the most precious thing that you have that you can never get back? And that's time. We mm-hmm. saw this during the pandemic. People just wanted to be hugged and be with folks. Remember that. So give, give within a budget, but then give more of your time. And I always tell people, it is your presence, not the presence that matters during the holidays. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me. I feel way less stressed about all of this, and I'm actually looking forward to the holiday season. Oh, that's so wonderful. And that's exactly how I want people to feel less stress and more joyful about this holiday season. Michelle Singletary is a personal finance columnist for The Post. And Michelle has a little gift for you, a free SMS course on how to be a financially savvy holiday shopper. Michelle will send you a short text message every day for five days to make sure you're spending with purpose this holiday season. That's right. You will get text messages from Michelle. You can sign up by following the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Trinity Webster Bass with help from Sharla Freeland. It was edited by Maggie Penman with help from Rena Flores. It was mixed by Sean Carter. If you do feel like doing a little bit of shopping today without having to stand in line, we have a great deal on subscriptions to The Washington Post, available now through November 29th. You can get a whole year of The Washington Post, plus access to all of our podcasts ad-free in Apple for just 99 cents every four weeks. To get everything The Post has to offer at our lowest price of the year, you can subscribe at washingtonpost.com slash subscribe. And thank you. I'm Elahe Izadi. 
We're off tomorrow for Thanksgiving. I hope you all have a great day, but we'll be back on Friday with more stories from The Washington Post.